Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. We could see in August and September when mortgage rates were in the fives, we could see people buying homes. And in August, inventory, available inventory topped, price reductions topped, like it looked like we were at a seasonal peak. And then at the beginning of the first week of September, mortgage rates jumped from five and a half to six and a half to like seven and a half percent. And buyer demand stopped cold. If rates fall into the fives, I think you're going to have a, a relatively healthy year in transaction volumes. If rates, on the other hand, spike over seven again, it's like that's going to be a real factor. Rates spiked and inventory spiked like the exact same time. It was really clear right at about that five and a half percent threshold. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. And today, I'd like to welcome Mike Simonson. He's the founder and president of Altos Research. So welcome, Mike. Thanks, Tracy. Nice to be here. So for the people in our audience who don't know what Altos, what makes you special, um, why don't you give a little description of what you do? And also, um, I think that, you know, we recently, HousingWire, HW Media recently acquired Altos. So now you're part of the same family. That's right. Yeah, Altos Research is a market analytics company. We track every week, every home for sale in the country, all the pricing and the supply and demand, all the changes in that data. And then we make it available to the people in the industry who need it. So we work with um, agents and brokers who need to communicate right now what's happening in the market. You know, a lot of traditional housing data is lagging and it's monthly. So it's like it is... Now it's January and there's like November numbers. Maybe we're hearing some December numbers, but it's already past the first of the year. And there's already stuff happening for 2023 that's in the data that we can talk about that our, that our clients, buyers and sellers need to know uh, to help them make good decisions, help them not be afraid, all of those kinds of things, especially in this crazy market right now. Yeah, and um, having been through the the data recently, I I love it. Um, I like to look at my own zip code and and check out what's going on. So it's very interesting. Yes, me too. Yeah. So let's just start by doing an overall. Um, you know, I know that you traditionally your so you're the solution to the question of how's the market. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how's the market. What are you seeing right now? So, uh, you know, we are starting 2023 uh, with actually less inventory than we expected most of the second half of last year. So inventory climbed a lot in the second and third quarter. Uh, It then tapered off when rates fell back down. People were buying some homes 
in uh, in August. In the beginning of September, rates spiked again. Uh, people held off. Inventory climbed. Price reductions climbed. And then in December, uh, it, inventory started ticking back down again. So we currently have 490,000 single-family homes on the market right now. And, uh, you know, in 2019, pre-pandemic or January of 2020, that was like 785,000. So significantly fewer homes than than normal, recent years normal. We have more homes on the market than we did in the last few years of pandemic, right? When people were buying everything in sight. So, um, you know, 67% more homes on the market now than last year at this time. But last year was crazy, crazy low. So that's where we're starting out. We're starting out with less actually than I expected to start the year, um, which, uh, you know, is, is, you know, buyers have more selection than they've had in a couple of years, but actually it's not like exploding, right? The, the amount of homes are not uh, exploding on the market, which means that, you know, if you have buyers who are sitting on the sidelines waiting for some, you know, giant flood of new inventory. I mean, there isn't any sign of that happening yet. So, you know, for buyers who who uh, are on the fence, if they find home a home that they like now that they can afford now, um, the data doesn't say wait because there's a lot more homes coming. It's an interesting uh, point to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we do through Real Trends, we do an agent pulse, which is a forward looking um, quarterly housing market sentiment survey. And compared to fourth quarter 2022 to first quarter 2023, um, agents are much more um, optimistic about the market. They're more optimistic about um, drops in home prices. They don't really feel that you're, they're going to see a huge drop in home prices. Um and we had 46% of the respondents said they're optimistic about the next three months. And um, last quarter, that was only 26%. So talk to me, are they, are they, um, what are you seeing out there? Should they be as optimistic as they are? So I think there are things to be optimistic about. Uh, that, like I said, that for first time home buyers, you know, they have for the first time in several years, less competition, you know, there. And so like, there are some things like that to be optimistic about. I think, um, you know, we have, and I think it's genuinely, uh, it, it's legitimate to have concerns about where the economy goes this year. Um, and, and, and I think home buyers and sellers have those same fears. So like, those are, those are legitimate. And, and I don't think we should be kidding ourselves that like, those are real risks that we've got there. Um, you know, in terms of home price direction, there are there we're going to see signals. We we can already see signals in the data that the you know prices are not going to be up year over year. They're probably going to be down year over year. And and starting in the next couple of months, we have this comparison where the beginning of 2022 was this massive up spike. And so the year-over-year -year comparison is going to be very hard. So the headlines are going to be very bearish. They're going to be like home prices are down, and you're going to see a lot of those uh, because the comparisons are are really tough. Um, and and so that's going to impact consumer behavior at the same time. 
Um, what we're finding is that there are certain markets that are being impacted much more dramatically than than the nation as a whole. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, and let's get into that a little bit because I do feel like it, we had a pretty even um, spread of respondents from across the country. So, you know, the the optimistic ones may be in in markets that are are really not that much impacted as of yet. So talk to me about what you're seeing for local markets and and who's really faring pretty well right now. So, um, you know, local markets uh, that were the most uh powerful, strong pandemic boom markets, the Phoenix and Boise and Austin, uh, the, the West, U.S. West and, and Southwest. Uh, those are the ones that are, have slowed most dramatically now. And a couple of things are happening. One data point you can see is that in places like Austin and, and Phoenix, uh, the, the active inventory is greater now than it was in 2019. So we're back to pre-pandemic levels and, and climbing. Uh, not, it's not though like 2012, but it's, but it's still higher than it was. Um, where much of the country, like the Midwest and Northeast is actually still available inventory of homes on the market is still actually pretty close to the pandemic lows. It's not much higher than that. And so as a country, you know, as nationally, we have uh, we can see that, uh, that, you know, inventory is up, but but is lower than it has been in any you know non-pandemic year. So, you know, we can see that uh, and that has implications in those markets. So, you know, one of the big things of those places like Phoenix and Austin is you have a ton of investor buyers. You have individual investors and you have institutional big Wall Street money of all of those things. And and those buyers are the ones who stopped most dramatically and uh, and most abruptly. And so those that's the reason that people selling into that that demand goes away very quickly, and then uh, and then the inventory built very very quickly in those markets as well. And so that's a, um, a a trend to keep an eye on for the year is do investors. There's a lot of investors sitting on the sidelines with cash waiting for their opportunity. And what at what point do they start buying again? And how quickly, um, you know, how fast do they, if prices start to drop, you know, prices are down year over year in Phoenix. And at, at some point that starts to look like a good deal to an investor who hasn't been able to buy in a bunch of years. So, um, so, so you know, the big question is, do the investors exacerbate a downturn because they stay off the, you know, or do they, do they keep put a floor on it because they're ready to deploy their cash? And it's a really good trend to keep an eye on, especially if you're an agent working with investor buyers, you know, you can start to sense how, how ready they are to deploy their capital. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's talk about some positive markets. Where are you seeing, um, you know, some, some positive trends right now? Well, you know, positive trends are like are, are relative, but but in the the you know you you have places like you know the Midwest and the Northeast uh, wh- where inventory has not climbed, um, and that's so therefore in a supply demand scenario, demand is way off everywhere. 
rates are higher. It's much less affordable. Uh, people are afraid of the economy. So demand is off everywhere. But in a supply demand scenario, if supply hasn't increased, that's at least, you know, helps one of the things that keeps a floor on not having a big crisis, a t- 2008 crisis, because we, we don't have both of those things going on at the same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm curious about Florida since I live here. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of mixed things about Florida um, and different markets in Florida, but definitely on the list of Austin, you know, prices down a little bit and, uh, you know, inventory climbing. Are there any hotspots in Florida or, um, you know, maybe even in the south, southeast that you're seeing right now? So yeah, Florida's Florida's interesting because uh, you know a lot of inbound pandemic migration, and a lot of that continues. But the central Florida markets um, have have an affordability have had an affordability appeal, um, it, but but that kind of goes away has gone away a little bit uh, as prices have have climbed. So you have you have slower migration inbound, uh, where it's really been fascinating. But Miami has been sort of more resilient than the than the central Florida markets have been this year so far this year, um, you know. And, and Miami has different uh, international kind of Im- influences, um, and it's it's difficult to predict maybe where well, how that plays out for the rest of the year. But it's really it's notable that the central Florida markets have been behaving very differently, um, and and there also uh, have been while you can see things like inventory climbing you can see price reductions climbing in Orlando and Tampa and those markets um they're not uh they're not quite as high as uh you know Austin and Phoenix and Boise the, like like uh, there's been a little bit more resiliency um and i think that's a function of you know we have east coast migration new york to florida and in the west you have the california to Texas, California, to, to to Arizona migrations, and the California ones slow down much more quickly. It seems. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting um, because to me, this every market is different, obviously, but there are usually some similarities to them. Um, I don't think anybody expected both buyer and seller demand to drop as quickly as it has. So what are you seeing that's different about today's market um, that's more, you know, maybe unusual compared to just typical down markets or typical slower markets? Yeah, you, you would, um, you know, the the... A couple of things that we can notice re- right now is we know that essentially everybody in the U.S. has a, a ultra cheap mortgage locked in forever with a lot of equity. So as a seller, you don't have to sell for those reasons. Even if you know you lose your job, you probably are trying to do everything you can to hold on to that home. So distressed sales is uh, is very unlikely. Now we haven't had. Even in a scary economy, everybody's still employed in this country. So we haven't yet had, um, you know, unemployment waves. Now, if you lose your job for 90 days, now you start worrying about paying your mortgage and then you need to list your home. And and we don't have that. Um, That's at least six months from the time that big layoffs start happening. 
that unemployment starts climbing and unemployment is still very, very, very low right now. So you could imagine that there could be um, rising inventory from, you know, distressed economy sellers, not until 2024, maybe at the earliest in that in that sense. So this year, in that sense, like the um, economy distressed sellers seems to be very unlikely that that would imply that there is a lid on how big inventory you can get. So even in places like Phoenix, you know, you have some sellers who were over leveraged uh, and, you know, and then, you know, and then economy tanks. So now I don't have my rental income. You, like there are those people um, where those will come to market, but it's still a pretty small factor. So we've got inventory is now at, you know, above 2019 levels, but it's not like skyrocketing, even like it was earlier in the decade. So that's a really pretty, like, that's a unique place that we are in right now. So what do you think would cause the market to turn around more quickly? So turn around to the upside? Yes, turn around to the upside. So we can see, we could see in August and September, when mortgage rates were in the fives, five and a half, we could see people buying homes. And in August, inventory, available inventory topped, price reductions topped, like it looked like we were at a seasonal peak. And then at the beginning of the first week of September, mortgage rates jumped from five and a half to six and a half to like seven and a half percent. And buyer demand stopped cold. And inventory climbed all the way to the end of October, which is very unusual. We could see price reductions climbing. Like we could see buyer demand stopped cold. So uh, now it, rates are in the sixes. Maybe there's some some action. If rates fall into the fives, I think you're going to have a, a relatively healthy year in transaction volumes, um, not too much price reduction, like price depreciation across the country. If rates, on the other hand, spike over seven again, it's like that's going to be a real factor. So, you know, we have employment and we have that mortgage rate, that factor. And that five and a half percent is really a threshold we, you could observe like really directly in September, you know, rate spiked and inventory spiked like the exact same time. It was really clear right at about that five and a half percent threshold. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about the price reductions because I know you recently said that um, about 38% of the homes on the market have had a price cut in the last few months. So talk to me about some trends you're seeing that way. Um, you know, how does that stack up to, you know, three months ago? Um, and what what do you project moving forward with with that? Yeah, the way to think about price reductions is pretty cool. You know, in any market, Homes, some homes take a price cut. And, and, and nationally, a good rule of thumb is about a third of homes listings take a price cut. Sometimes that's strategic and sometimes it's a crazy seller, whatever the reason is, you know, it, about a third take a cut. So when demand is high, you get a, a seller who, you know, I'm going to price it high and see what offers I get. And some of they get, they get some of those offers. And so when demand is high, fewer homes take a price cut. So, you know, instead of being 33 or 35% of the homes take a, maybe it's 25% take a price cut. 
And then in the peak of the pandemic frenzy, it was like nationally, like 15% homes needed a price cut when a third think they're overpriced. So like, that's how much, you know, that those are the bidding wars. Those are all of the craziness going on. Um, on the other side, when demand weakens, then it's 35, 40, 45% of homes on the market take a price cut. We can see now that varies a little bit um, by market. So, for example, Phoenix with more investors, typically 40 percent is more common for Phoenix. And and so but this, you know, this fall, Phoenix, 60 percent of the homes on the market in Phoenix had a price cut. It's you know, it's that's really demand, really cold. And so we could see that, um, you know, very dramatically Phoenix and Austin, like all these markets that we've been talking about, Boise. Um, where in, in some of the, the hot California markets where inventory is chronically, there's a chronic shortage of homes, uh, price reductions is more commonly in the low 20s. So, you, but, you know, those may be now in the 40s. So you can see how that's working uh, around the country. So this fall, especially when in, in September, when rates um, rose again, um, Price reductions nationally climbed from about 40% to 42, 43%. And that's pretty significant. That's pretty bearish So for transactions that are going to happen in the future. A house is on the market now. It doesn't get an offer. So it takes a, you know, a price cut in, you know, and then in February it gets an offer and it closes in March. So the price cuts are what we can see for transactions in the future. And so when, as of right now, We'll have we have about thirty eight percent of the homes on the market in the U.S. have price cuts right now. That'll fall for the next few um, few couple of months as fresh inventory comes on for the first quarter, uh, and then later in the second quarter, the stuff that hasn't sold takes a price cut and that starts climbing again. So that's the cycle you'll get each year, and <laughs> we can see if price reductions if the if for example if rates spike demand cools, you'll see those price reductions start turning earlier and higher. And that's going to be a bearish signal for transaction volume, for transaction prices, for all the headlines for later in the year. And um, on the other hand, if people are buying this spring, maybe they settle in and they say, well, I, jo my jobs are good. My, my income is good. Um, and I can find 6% is like a, a tolerable rate. We see some of those actions. Then you'll see fewer of those price cuts, and it'll get closer to, you know, that thirty-five percent normal range nationally. And that'd be kind of bullish. Under that, under thirty-five percent would be wow. Would be very surprising to me for this year, but it would be like that would be bullish for transaction prices in the future. Okay, and um, because you offer zip code level um, data. Why don't we talk a little bit about how some of the agents um, are currently using your data in listing presentations or in you know sales consultations? Um, what are how are they using it? Yeah, that's, that's a terrific question. The the you know when you go into a listing presentation, uh, you know the the seller you know wants to know their price, wants to know that your recommended price, but they also want to know. Is it going to go fast? Uh, do I have a lot of competition? Is the market changing? 
Is it getting like I hear all kinds of scary things? Is it getting worse from here? And so what we do with with the the Altos market reports, you have market reports for every zip code in the country, you know, branded for you, and you put it right on the top of that listing presentation, and you say, "Are you a big geek or a little geek?" Because if you're a big geek, I'm going to put this in your inbox every Monday, and you can watch all the data. But even if you're just a little geek. I want you to watch like one number and we can watch this market action index in the Altos report, which is supply versus demand. And if this speedometer is going up, that means supply is tightening, buyers are, you know, and we're going to be fine. But if this number is going down while we have your house listed, that's the market telling us that your competition is increasing, your buyers are decreasing. Like we may, if your house is sitting there, that may be the market telling us that we want to be ahead of this curve, for example, with pricing. And, and so it, it's a very powerful way for, for agents to put the control in the hands of their sellers to know when to, to take action. It's not me telling you. It's the market telling you what's happening. And that's one of the simple things that we do with Alto's market reports. But really, it's like, you know... How's the market? Everybody, you know, I want to know how much my house is worth. I want to know what's for sale. And I want to know how's the market. And that, and the market data is how's the market. It's fresh every week. Right? It's, it is a reason to be in touch and to communicate. Everybody has an idea, that opinion about what's happening. And so you say, you know, here's how many homes are on the market. That's, it's actually lower than we expected. You know, prices are down. Yes. And, but we can see that because inventory is lighter it's probably they're not there. We can see that they're not falling from here. Like there's all of that signal is in the in the active market data that we track. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, you know, you can spot these trends, too. And and maybe at the time that they list the home, um, the pricing that they they choose is pretty accurate. But then you spot this trend and you you know, you can justify a, a price reduction based on, you know, the data that you're providing, which is, you know, literally up to the minute. So yeah. Or, or the, or the seller suggests the price reduction to you. Right. right? I'm watching (laughs) this data, right? Like that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to just finish with, um, so January 19th, you have your monthly webinar and um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about they're free, uh, what they can expect to hear in this one and, and maybe a little, preview of, of what you'll be talking about. Yeah. So uh, in our monthly webinar, we take an hour to go into all of the detail uh, of the, the, the data and the trends. A lot of the trends we are investigating are leading indicators. So we can say like, this is what the data is already saying about the rest of the year. And uh, and so, and then we'll talk about those. We talk about pricing. We talk about supply and demand indicators, things like how mortgage rates are impacting what we know uh, as of today. It's not lagging like a lot of, you know, a lot of data is last month. And, you know, they're talking about November and December data now. So we're talking about it right now. Um, And then we'll also do some of the local uh, markets. So we'll take some time and we'll look at some of the local data. You know, we just briefly talked about Phoenix and Austin here, but we can go actually go look at the trends, look at the data in some of those markets um, and it's a really great time. We do them uh, once a month. They, uh, they're limited to a thousand people. And we're getting way more than that that want to join. It is free. So they can just, you know, people can 
but can reserve their spot and get it. Um, and so it's, th- but, but, uh, they are, um, you know, we get to spend an hour talking about and looking at all the data and, and helping people, helping the professionals know how to communicate about the data to buyers and sellers right now, because everybody's afraid of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I know just kind of um, some people just glaze over like just numbers. You know, I'm one of those. It's just numbers. Wait. Um, (laughs) But what I what I like is that it's so easily broken down and there are pictures. I like pictures. (laughs) um, pictures. Yeah. So it really is, um, you know, an easy way to present to, you know, buyers and sellers what's going on. Um, and And I love that. Um, and where can they find information about the webinar? Where can they sign up? So they can um, they can sign up. I think an easy way is to follow the Altos Research YouTube channel uh, on YouTube, Altos Research. And we do our weekly videos and then uh, we announce our, um, you know, the webinars there and, and you can register when you watch those. Uh, you can go to altosresearch.com. You can run a local report on altosresearch.com, and then you'll you'll be connected to us, and you can get invites to those webinars. Okay, great. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to um, let our audience know about what the market is doing today, and uh, it was really useful information. I appreciate you um, getting on with me. Thanks so much, Tracy. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.